Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to winter is blooming a game of thrones rewatch podcast by us the penny bloom podcast today we begin anew another season begins today season seven episode one titled dragonstone written by D david benioff and db weiss directed by jeremy potiswa um, we are officially in the era for me where i was watching it on TV. Mm-hmm. Sunday night, I was there. I was in there. Um, I'm Colton Robertson. I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? What up, what up? It is always a pleasure to be here. And oh, it winter is. Always. is here. We oh, are, it is. Oh, it we is. Are, yeah, we're riding. You know, yeah, there's a lot a lot to, to be said about season seven and eight. But you're right. This was a week-to-week viewing uh, for me as well. I think – I don't think – I was on it at season six. I don't know. I'm trying to think. What year was season six? 2016. 2016? Probably not. No, I th- I think this would be the first season that I would have yeah, watched. It'd become, it'd become a phenomenon by this point. Oh, you yeah. know, I recall that the the catalyst for me really, really pursuing Game of Thrones. I told the story with uh, the Battle of Hardhome uh, several weeks back now about how it was the first thing I ever saw. Mm-hmm from game of thrones i saw my dad was watching it and i sat down and was like whoa um you know but uh another thing is that i had a knee surgery a a, a knee surgery on my left knee um mm-hmm. in march of 2017 okay this premiered july 2017 um perfect binge time there look at that look um, at that you know bed you know i'm, I'm bedridden for a couple mm-hmm. weeks there oh, um yeah. I'm bed reading for a couple weeks there. I get through a couple seasons, you know, um, and then I start physical therapy and I go to physical therapy and, you know, I'm like, it's, it, have you ever done physical therapy? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know how, if you're new, you get a new physical therapist and it's all very robotic and you're like, you know, it's, it's, you, you're doing a job. I'm your patient. And that's just that, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's a little awkward, but you, you just got to do it. Yeah. Um, but a couple couple sessions in, I'm like, you ever watch Game of Thrones? He goes, oh, do I watch Game of Thrones? Uh, yeah, I was like, okay, yep, I found my guy. So I told him I was at that point, I was like three or four seasons in. And now every session for like weeks, yeah. weeks, all we talked about for a fucking hour was Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. And actually, I hadn't even put this together. He put me on to a podcast called oysters clams and cockles game of thrones podcast um the first podcast i ever listened to and therein huge influence on me starting a podcast at all so shout out to uh jeff my boy jeff uh good good dude jeff 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 and game of thrones and oysters clams and cockles thank you yeah and now we're here we're doing it ourselves Um, we are 
and and we are right. 71 episodes in. Um, 61. Is, 61st. Oh, hello. Yeah, let me do uh, season. Yeah, season. Yeah, no, it's 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 tough. I do the same thing. Oh, I do the it. same thing. Seven episode one. I just yeah. It it would be much sexier yeah, if that was episode six, seventy one. Um, but not that is not how math works. Um, shamefully, I guess. I wish but it were. Yeah, we we are here. Um, and you know, I can feel it. I guess a little bit already. There's, uh, uh, there's a little bit of a. Uh, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. This episode was fine. You yeah. know. It was, uh, and it's the first episode in quite some time that yeah, I would say that. describe as fine. Yeah. You and know? we are coming um, off of two of some of the best episodes that they've that's ever released. That's true. That's very true. Uh, so, I mean, we are at the, at the absolute peak and then now, now we're coming down to season seven and it's, it's, uh, it's not terrible. You know, it's still, oh. we're checking in with, with cool characters. We have some cool stuff that happens. That's for sure. I, I, I felt like there was, uh, like, they know that the show is big now. They know it is like a, a phenomenon and they're like level. trying yeah. for fan service. They are trying for other things that they didn't really try to do before. Um, there are there are advantages and disadvantages to becoming appointment viewing for mm. a country, yeah, and more than a country, several countries. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you you always saw the videos of like buildings that like when Game of Thrones, I guess it was House of the Dragon that like I I mostly saw those, but like just every oh, window, season eight, like, season eight at was the same like time. That. Yeah, I yeah. guess yeah, true. Yeah, like every window would be changing at the same time. You could just they were all watching Thrones or whatever. I'll never forget. There's a video, and this is this is oh, obviously a head away, but it's the uh, season eight, episode three, the big one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a video of people in a bar watching that on Sunday night. That is wow, and it's and it's everybody in the bar is watching this. They're they're talking, they're reacting, they're doing everything, and I'm like, this is why the show sh- isn't as good. <laughs> Because this is what they're this is what they're trying to appeal to, you know. Yeah. Um, they are they are trying to, and don't get me wrong. Like season eight, episode three is a rare exception for the last couple seasons. I think I know people are like, oh, it's dark. That's like the only thing you can say about that, in my opinion, in terms of the quality of that episode alone. It's um, and incredible. even that, if you have a good TV, is not really a problem. Um, mm-hmm. but regardless, we will get there one day. But uh. It, it, it became appointment viewing and it became this thing that people watched that way. It became, it, there were odds yeah. in Vegas. Who's going to become the king no in Game way. of Thrones? There were, no there were, you could way. put down money. That's you could incredible. put down money. Like wow. that's, there's got to be some insider shit going on there. Well, absolutely. You know? Going into season eight, who had the best odds of becoming the king of Game of Thrones and nobody would have ever guessed that? Brand fucking Stark. Yeah. Wow. So it's like they clearly fucking know who's going to be the king of Game of Thrones at the end, you know? Like yeah. Wow. That's I had no idea that was actually a thing. But uh Yeah. No, yeah. so like that's the thing is it became such a cultural phenomenon and this happens with every cultural phenomenon. The bigger it gets, mm-hmm. the more there's expectations placed upon it, the more yeah. the writers, you know, they they feed that sort of thing, but then they also go, "Okay, well now What's been the thing that's driven? What's what's been the thing that's driven those numbers up? 
twists. Something's mm-hmm. got to be different. We're gonna go, we're gonna lead you one way, and we're gonna fucking spike it another. You know, like uh, yeah, and there's these last couple seasons are chock full of of twists. Some good, some bad, um, yeah. or some pointless. You know, like there are some that are fine, but it's just uh, it, it begins here where you're trying to appease or appeal to a broader audience. Um, yeah, yeah, there's. There is something like uh one, I guess I'm trying to think of a specific example, but but like even just the number of episodes, like the mm. seven episodes here, six episodes next season, it's it's almost like they didn't have the source material. They were like, all right, let's just write big stuff. Like we just have to have yeah. big things happen. Um, and they didn't have those episodes where not much happens at all. But in those episodes, you get crucial character development and mm. and uh, to build the suspense of these events even more. Um, I'm a huge, huge member of the, the of the team that if season seven and eight would have been 10 episodes each, even if they had a combined seven more episodes, there's so much you could have done to justify a lot of what happened a little fast. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And don't don't get me wrong. Like, I'm still an avid enjoyer of the last couple seasons, at least ahead of this rewatch, you know, uh, pending. Um I, I, I do recall just loving the show a great deal. And even when it was on our first episode of the show was a, a deep dive into game of Thrones of Penny Bloom podcast. It was mm-hmm. the week after season eight ended. The show had just come. The show had just concluded. Let's fucking talk about it. And if you go back and listen to that, I'm incredibly forgiving. I'm incredibly like, I don't know what everyone's talking about. And like, now I know exactly what everyone's talking about, but I, I enjoy it anyway. Um, at least I did. We'll see. Um, yeah, starting off, um, in an okay place, you know, um, it's not bad. You know, it is a premiere. They do have to set up a bunch of stuff and, and check in with all, you know, all these people, blah, 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 and kind of recap some things that happened. Good premieres Um, though. Yeah. And it, it felt very exposition heavy, very, um, let's just lay it out how it is like a Jamie and Cersei standing on the map. And, like, just literally being like, we have enemies to the west, to the north, to the south, to the blah. What do we do with this? What do we do? It's like, it's like, it's very just like, we know all of this. Like, it's like mm. very, con- I don't know. Like, it's, they know what they're going to do, too. And, and you know, it's just, a, I don't know. Like, there's there's just a lot of very exposition-y um, dumps here, I felt like. Mm. Um, and a lot yeah. of other kind of dumps, too, and we'll get to that. But we'll begin. True. Um We'll begin in the Riverlands for this. I don't want to pile on the negativity because yeah. there are some there are some high highs in this mm-hmm. one. Uh, the good stuff is good, and uh, yeah. there, there's just some other stuff that is all right. But we'll begin in the Riverlands at the Twins, where Walter Frey is presiding over the second feast that he has organized in a fortnight. Um, yeah. and you know, coming into this, do you, do you recall what you were feeling the first time you watched this? Like, kind of. I was like, wait, didn't he, didn't he fucking die? I, I, I did not click that this is Arya, like, right yeah. away. There was nothing right. in my head that I'm like, oh, yeah, this is Arya as Walder. I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. He fucking died right at the end. I'm like, how the fuck? I was like, what, what the fuck's going on? Is this on? a flashback? And, what are we doing here? the way he was talking, you know, he's very Walder Frey. At, yeah. You know, Arya's putting on the character very, yeah. very well. Very, very good. Um, and, and it's funny because it's, literally it's, it's hilarious to think actor. that it is, it is actually that actor just performing. Yeah. The same character, yeah. and uh, it's it's fucking hilarious to think about it that way. But 
regardless, I love this was a top contender for the favorite scene of the episode, the way they cold open. No theme song before it. We jump right in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord Freya summoned every Frey who took part in the Red Wedding under the pretext of revealing his plans and Walder orders the servants to serve them wine from the arbor. But harshly tells his latest wife, Kitty, that he is not wasting any wine on a damn woman. And uh, yeah. Walter, you know, thanks his family. He's like, thank you. You're all great men, aren't you? Help me slaughter the Starks at the Red Wedding. Ah, yeah. Whoa, whoa. Look at you. You killed. Uh, you killed Rob. You killed a, a pregnant mother. Mm-hmm. You killed uh, a mother of five. Look at you. You're all wonderful. And they're all like, ha, 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 ha. <clears throat> Something's really getting to my throat now for some reason. Um, yeah, so they they keep getting there, and Frey, they, they all begin to choke, and Walter chides them. You know, but you made a mistake. You didn't kill all the Starks. And my line is all where this this scene comes from: "Leave one wolf alive, and the sheep are never safe." Mm-hmm. And. uh his oh, entire yeah. family dies around him, and then, quote-unquote, Walder reveals himself as a disguised Arya Stark who has exacted vengeance on those arranged the massacre of her mother and brother at the Red Wedding. And Arya spares Walder's wife and servants, and she tells them, whenever they ask what happened here, tell them the North remembers. Tell them winter came for House Frey. I was like, yep. Yeah, that's hard. I was like, like we we are kicking off on a fucking high note, you know. Like that's a uh, that's that's about as high a note as you can hit. She's um, all in. She is, uh, you know. I was trying to think of other characters. You know, this this is uh for favorites. It was I don't know. Uh, there there is some clear ones. Uh, but to try to spread the love is kind of difficult. Impossible in this episode um, for me. I think that there are. Uh, there are two options for me in character. There is one option in performance. There is one option in scene. And there are a few lines. You know, lines There's come and go. Line, yeah. Like they're, they're, yeah, you know, but like uh, Arya is one of my two options for character. Um, hmm. okay. I thought that what she does and what she learns, especially in this next scene with her, um, we go from one of the highest highs of the episode to uh, personally one of the lowest lows of this entire fucking show mm-hmm. when Arya has acquired a horse and is riding south when she stumbles upon a group of Lannister soldiers who have befriended Ed Sheeran and mm-hmm. they're you know they're keeping law and order and the twins and they're My singing a song performance of the episode Ed Sheeran as Eddie no I just wanted to to remember about this because it's like uh, you brought up a fantastic point is like why did they give him a character. Why, like, and why do they give him? Acting? There are a lot of people. There are a lot of dudes, and a lot. There are a ton of cameos in these last two seasons. None of them are so blatant as this one. It doesn't wow. make any sense. There's a picture yeah. for the New York Mets, Noah Syndergaard, who is in the Lannister army at some point. He's just marching. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers is in season eight at some point. Um, like you don't, and you will probably not even be able to find him. He's just there somewhere, you know, uh, like that's how a cameo for a celebrity who wants to be in game of Thrones should be done. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what really peeved me about this scene is that you already took a, 
all right scene. The scene, I like, I like the idea it's getting at. Mm-hmm. But this is one of those extremely on the nose exhibit expositiony. Let's explain why not everybody's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, Ari had never thought of that. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, like, I don't know. I, 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 so you take an already just okay scene and you're like, well, shit, let's throw Ed Sheeran in there. He can sing and have a couple lines. Uh, it's one of those things that makes me just go, okay, maybe it's a little, it's not enough to be like, oh, this show's ruined, obviously. Like some people would be reactionary like that, but I think it is indicative of a trend to come, you know, like, uh, imagine instead of, you know, the end of it and they all laugh at her, imagine she slits all of their throats. She kills every single one of them. You know, like, we see how fucking trained she is, you know. Like, I thought that that's what, like, that's, I don't know. I thought that that's, you know, she's looking at their swords. They're all over there. They don't have them on. You know, it's like, this would be kind of a cakewalk for her, I feel like. I don't know. I don't, maybe, maybe this, I mean, there's a lot of guys there, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe. No, I, maybe I think it would be, that. it would be a cakewalk, but I think the point that the scene is trying to make is that oh. not everybody's worth killing. Yeah. Um, Everybody. I guess she was thinking about it. She was actively thinking about killing them. Yeah. That's that is fair. She was looking at their weapons and and all this stuff. So and then yeah, they talk, know. and then she's like, "You know what? You're fine. You know, yeah. um, you got a great voice. Uh, I'll let you. I'll let you live, Ed Sheeran. Yeah, I'll let you. I'll let um, you ride." But uh, does he come back, or is this it? No, no, he's okay. never in the show again. Uh, you know, they uh, which. I'll take that as a plus. Uh, the soldiers are singing a song and offer to share some some rabbit meat for dinner and. They're like, why are you, why are you riding south here? And she's like, well, I'm going to King's Landing. And Arya tells them that, you know, uh, well, she learns from them that soldiers wanted to see the Great Sept of Baylor and they wanted to see all this, but now it's gone. Stuff's destroyed and the Red Keep has essentially been sealed. And she's like, hmm, oh, a lot has changed down there since I've been in Essos, huh? And, uh, mm-hmm. the young soldiers insist that she has, uh, joined them around the campfire to eat and rest. Um, and when she asks them about their adventures, the soldiers are like, well, we don't do much. You know, I, when we left home, we were like, fuck yeah, we're going to ride for our kingdom. This is going to be awesome. And, you know, now all we want is to go home. And they're basically saying it exactly the way that I'm saying it, which makes it really bad. Um, yeah. Well, and- you know, they're like, let's, ex- let's explain the life of a soldier in full here. A soldier serving some, but some other lord fighting another man's war. Um, they've done this, I don't know how many times before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't, for one, you don't, have to do it, me. you don't have to do it through exposition either. That's I mean, the like, thing is that like the scene is like, I want to make clear, I don't not like this scene because of Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran's just the cherry on top that makes this already not great scene even worse. You know? Yeah. Um Yeah. I mean, your idea of just having him as like a, just a town kind of singer. Yeah, you know, traveling troubadour. Yeah, just, you know? just every now and then you just hear him sing. And that, I mean, perfect. I mean, that would be He's perfect. In the background somewhere, like that's all, like, I don't know, just something simple. Yeah. Uh yeah. But like one of them says something and he goes, he says something like, I know that's right. And I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. It was just, Um, yeah, it was not very good. (laughs) Uh, Not very good at all. Yeah. No. And the the young children. I don't know when you have money and you want to be in a show, um, they'll get you. Yeah. That's, that's about all you need. Um, 
but uh, you know the they're like uh, you, you old enough to drink and she's like yeah hit me up and she takes a pull of this blackberry wine and uh one of the sweeter guys and one of the better actors in the scene uh, is the kid who actually who made the wine and stuff and he's like yeah you know made it myself and uh and she's like it's good it's good uh, and they're like so what well, so why are you traveling to king's landing and she's like well i'm i'm going to kill the queen and they all look at each other and they all burst out laughing and Arya smiles and laughs along with them. So kind of the only good moment of that scene, yeah, I feel no, like. I, I mean, like, a, yeah, I liked that moment. The that general moment structure, cool. like the general idea of the scene, it's it's fine. Like, I like the idea that Arya is hell bent because uh, to this point. She hasn't even really killed without abandon at this point, you know, like it's just. She has, in her mind, killed people who deserve to fucking die. You know, mm-hmm. she's not just murdering motherfuckers. That's true. Um, yeah. Yeah, the... Yeah, no, it has been everyone who has definitely wronged her or is mm-hmm. just a massive piece of shit. Yeah, um, exactly. Ex- except for the first kid. The one that was like, I'm gonna go tell, and then he, she just yeah, slides yeah. the door Fair enough. Off. Fair enough. Um, um, whoopsies. But that's the first one. She was a child. It's whatever. Um, but, like... I think that the general idea of the scene of explaining that not every Lannister soldier is an evil fuck like yeah. we have seen for the most part. And this scene really serves a purpose for something that happens later on this season, um, which is Daenerys fucking torching the Lannister army in that one battle in like season seven, episode four. Like, I think that's really... Yeah. The point of this scene is to show that not every single person who she's killing is a terrible person, but that's the, that's the that's war, you know. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, and that's that's kind of like Daenerys's whole thing. That is what Tyrion and Jorah and all of them advise her all about every time. It is her wanting to be like, oh, I will kill them all, and they're like, well. I Jorah's like, I wouldn't be here if Ned Stark did what he was supposed yeah. to do, sort of thing. So it's like, the idea is always there. It has been here for the entire show. Um, so yeah, I mean, it is it is a repeat, a very repeat idea. Um, but nice, a nice reminder, I guess, before, yeah, Daenerys does and, flame and, them all up. I mean, like, we don't have a lot of just nice moments with Arya. We haven't in a while. So her getting a little bit of a rest. Yeah. You know, we got a cathartic moment where she slaughters the phrase, but I wouldn't categorize that as like nice you know um yeah yeah it was uh she had to i guess after it was all said and done she probably felt really really good um but yeah not a not a heartwarming moment you know not at all particularly Uh, just kind of badass and cold and revengeful i love it uh but now we're gonna move elsewhere in the riverlands turns out all of my favorites are here, and we have, like, four locations left. So um, yeah. my character, performance, and scene all come from Sandor Clegane here, uh, where he's riding north with the Brotherhood without banners through thick snow, and they decide to take shelter for the night at an abandoned home. But immediately, the Hound recognizes the house and declares it unsafe. He's like, I don't want to go in there, you know. Uh, <laughs> I stole from this guy I when I was like a different that man. House. And- you know, yeah. yeah, this this house brings back bad memories. Uh, I don't, ah, uh, yeah, but memories well, of I when mean, he was the worst man, and like that's what's like. The Hound is my character, and Rory McCann is my performance. Uh, like 
I don't think. I mean, I was trying to spread the love. I'm you, like looking I through don't everything think else. It's possible it's, in this episode. I was maybe thinking John for care. Like for, John would get the character, not performance. He would get the character, but yeah. the Hound has way better, a the way way better story this, here. Like it's just so much. It's this is far and away the best part of the episode, and it it, it almost feels like it was. A, a whole separate fucking thing how much better it was done yeah. uh but yeah. uh you know barrack dismisses the hounds unease and orders that they set up camp here for the night and the men enter the house where they discover the corpses of the farmer and his daughter um and i love the way that everybody goes in and they fan out and they go looking but the hound walks in and he walks straight to the corner and just kind of stares at them for a while mm-hmm. um and the the elegance of cutting from that sweet scene with Arya to this this is the this mm. is the scene immediately after that. Ooh, um, yeah, okay, A little Arya and Hound. Very very good like editing that. and pacing choice. I did like that mm. a lot. Um, and yeah. works on multiple yeah, levels. Yeah, from one hundred percent sweet to to not so sweet. From a you know they used to be together, travel together, mm-hmm. showing that they've they've kind of switched places. Yes. A little bit, you know, very bit. much so. The Hound will uh, still do the deed if he must, uh, but, you know, Brother mm-hmm. Ray had quite the effect on him. And, uh, yeah. you know, he and Arya Stark had encountered these two uh, years ago, a couple years ago um, following the Red Wedding. And mm-hmm. it appears that the father killed his daughter and himself so that they would not starve to death. Which is pretty fucking brutal. That's, uh, that's... Uh, yeah, winter. I mean, there, that's no joke there. Like, that's crops don't grow, you know. Like, you're just you're if you don't got food for a long time, you're just fucked. And if you're poor, you're fucked. If you don't live in a castle, you're fucked. Um, just a a very different world. Very very sad to see. On just and again, I want to emphasize Rory McCann's performance here. Like every single thing he does. He actually, there's a there's a moment a little bit uh, in this next scene when Sandor recalls seeing Beric at the tournament at King's Landing, and he's mm. like, well, "You ain't shit, so why yeah. the fuck are you alive?" You know, yeah. um, why the fuck are you so special, dude? You know, he's like, like I've known better men yeah. who who've been hung from beams. Um, yeah. like he he again cites Brother Ray specifically, like oh. I've known I've known better men who've been hanged from yep. beams, and I've known uh, known them beheaded. Um, mm-hmm. and so what the fuck are you still here for? And Barrack's like, now why the fuck would I know, brother? You think you think I don't question that every single day of my life? Mm-hmm. I don't have I I don't have any more clue than you do. Um, but I know that by being here, he is telling me something. I yeah. I have to figure out what that is myself. Um, it's and uh, crazy how like the Lord of Light is like an actual character in the show for me now. Like, I am oh, actively yeah. thinking of the Lord of Light now, and I've never, like, once thought of, like, the divine... Ever beast. since John is resurrected, it's basically the beating heart of the mystical in this show. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's... You know, I mean, like, dragons, obviously. Like, that's a whole other thing. But in terms of the, the fantasy elements of the show beyond dragon, it is now the way that this deity influences everyday life. Yeah. You know, um, and it, it, in my head, I'm just kind of writing it as like, it's the writers, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's a very 
amazing like writing uh, technique just to be like, yeah, I don't know why I see visions. I I don't understand them. I have to interpret them. So it's like they can do whatever they want. You know, it's, it's uh, a very real, real idea when it comes to works. faith. Yeah, you know, exactly. like that's uh, it's mm-hmm. it, it is a built. It is a little bit of a built-in hack to not to not have to explain stuff, but that's it's a no, it, it it's a very I, real struggle that people yeah. who do believe in things uh, go through. You know, like uh, I I don't know why things are mm. done the way they are, but he must have a purpose. You know, yeah. like that's that's kind of the it's kind of the idea here. And Sandor mm-hmm. remarks that he you know he doesn't believe in divine justice, citing that's a you know you'd if, be dead if, if divine justice cool. were real, you'd be dead, and that little girl would be alive. Um, and that kind of shut Barrack up. He was like, "Yeah, oh, man." He's like, "Yeah, you know, it's it's clear that you've got other shit going on, uh, Sandor. So I'm gonna let you be." Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> you've clearly not- you've clearly evolved quite a bit since last you killed mm-hmm. me. So I'm uh, and you've been dealing with a lot of shit. So, um, yeah. I'm gonna let you go. But um, uh, you know, Thoros is like, "Come on over here. Look, take a look into the flames here." And they won't uh, fight. He kind of looks at him like you fucking you don't don't test don't me. fuck with you me know, like that. Don't, I, you well, know I, I would end up with a bunch of fire worshippers, you know. Like uh, I loved that. Uh, I mean, but, in in uh, fuck, I'm I'm already forgetting. Barrick Barrick is like, well, that seems is that what he says? That seems like divine justice to me. That's what he says divine justice for. That like, you know, ha- the hound is like, of course, I'm 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 cooped up here with all these yes, fire worshippers. Yes, yes, yes. Barrick's like. Seems like divine justice to me. I mean, he yeah. does kind of have a point. I mean, a little bit maybe. No. Like, uh, well, and then uh, it recontextualizes the hound's entire fucking life for you in that moment, like until this very moment where it sets him on the path to where he needs to go. It's like, dude, it's fucking nuts to think. Like to think of, I don't know, the Lord of Light. It, it fucks. Like the Lord of Light is actually like a very cool aspect of the show that I oh, never thought of before. Uh, like, yeah, I've I've definitely never given it quite as much thought as I am now. You know, I remember, you know, the prophecies and stuff and mm-hmm. speculating on them, but the way that it influenced, like, the way that the gods influence everything and kind of taking in, considering like Jochen dealing with uh, the many-faced god but kind of making it in your head making the connection that like it's just the same fucking guy talking to somebody else in their way you know yeah. like it it's just their own it's very individual it's not mm-hmm. it's not one message that is spread across to everybody it is you have a specific purpose you need to do this um or you should do this sort of thing and and yeah i i mean this my, if I had to pick a scene from the, you know, if we're not just saying the whole uh, time we're, we're with the Hound, I yeah. specifically love, like, when he's looking into the flames, uh, when they're in the hut, um, hmm. in the house. I, that, that'd be the part that I'd pick, because his, like, his revelation of this. No, this is, is like, the incredible. this is the part I was going to speak to about Rory McCann's performance, because yeah. he's elevating, um, he's elevating kind of so-so material, like, it... It's a good moment, don't get me wrong, but I do think it is a good moment because of the way Rory McCann plays it, because it is very, like, there's not a lot of ways to write this and it be, like, not corny, you know, like, like, he's, like, looking in the flames and he's like, I see ice, Mm -hmm. a wall of ice. The wall, you know, like, uh, that whole thing. So I think that, like, it's 
all in all, a fine scene. You know, it's it's, and I think Rory McCann elevates it to an actively great scene. You know, and that's why I think that just the the journey this character has gone on and the performance he puts on really makes him the highlight of this episode. Um, yeah, and he, he cites that. Sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He he cites that he sees a castle where the wall meets the sea and a mountain that looks like an arrowhead and thousands of dead marching past. And Beric's like, so now do you believe that we're here for a reason? <laughs> and it's kind of hard to deny that, you know? Uh, yeah. You see, yeah. you look into some fire and you see some shit and you're... He doesn't you know that he's, play. he's seen his own future. Um, but I, I looked ahead in uh in this season and it literally is called back to um i think during the suicide club episode i believe episode is it yeah is he it, like uh, points to the arrowhead he's like um, yeah he's season like, seven episode six i think so that sounds right Let's, beyond the wall beyond the wall that is right and he's like that's the fucking mountain i saw in the flames um, yeah like really he's like yeah i'm sure he's like 100 percent. he's um, like well thank god that that can only mean good things, right? You know, um, means we're about to encounter a thousands very, very of dead. large army. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, I, this was oh my god, yeah, the hound. Yeah, my my favorite scene was the very next one, uh, when Thoros finds the hound outside burying the farmer and his daughter, um, in the in the snow, and Thoros deduces that uh, he must have known them, and the hound admits, you know, I I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I, I don't, I didn't care to know them. And now he kind of wishes that he had. And, like, because the, the, the man offered him a job. He was like, stay on with us. You know, we're we're happy to have you. And he, he stole from him, left him for nothing. Oh. And that was it. And uh, and then him standing up as, as they uh, bury the bodies together. And he attempts to deliver the epitaph of the seven. May the father and the mother... Oh, fuck it, I can remember the rest. And... I can't remember this shit. Yeah, and then he sorry, just... you're sorry, you're dead. Yeah, you deserve you better. Deserve better. I was like, oh man, I'm like, look Dude. at you, look at you, Sandor Clegane. Like, look, uh, like I, I forgot. Like, I didn't forget how much I loved this character. I feel like early on we were taught, like early on in the running of the show, I was like, this is probably the most underrated character in the entire show as far as the, the journey goes on. But look at the numbers in the, uh, in the sheet for us here. This oh, man yeah. is uh, firmly, firmly top five. Yeah. Did you already up yours? Yes, um, I did. Form? Okay. So yeah, he'll, he will uh, be, he's right below Daenerys for the character. And Tyrion. Uh, is nuts, yeah. Above Davos, above Ned Stark, above Arya, Varys, uh, Cersei, um, and acting wise, I guess. Um, let's see where I feel like he's he's. If he gets both here, he's tying Richard Madden and Alfie Allen. Then yeah, so he's gotten one before, so now he'd be mm-hmm. at three. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, not yeah. I mean, he's for him. Like that's kind of nuts that he has three in a cast of um, this massively, like Lena Headey, yeah. like all in Kit, like all all of them, and he's he's up there um, mm. with some of them. Yeah, he's but yeah that that was definitely my scene. It was just it was incredibly moving, and in a, in an episode mm. where I not everything was hitting for me, uh, this scene hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, yeah. 
and uh, I, I love I loved it. So the Hound, Rory McCann, and this scene, and then I already delivered my line. So the Riverlands yeah. just dominated uh, yeah. this this episode. Uh, but now we only have uh, we only have uh, Winterfell, the Wall, King's Landing, Old Town, and Dragonstone left. So uh, yeah. Five five more locations. I've got all my favorites fucking done. Hey, that's uh, okay. Yeah, my line yeah, no. is the only thing that comes out of the Riverlands, um, and it's yeah. in the north. Um, we are here for the line. So, uh, for me, um, it's it's one of two characters, and they're both in the north. So yeah, there you go. Come. But uh, we're at uh, we're at Winterfell now, where uh, the King in the North, Jon Snow, organizes the defense of the North against the Night King and his army of the dead. And he asks that all the maesters start searching for dragon glass, stressing it is now more valuable than gold due to its effectiveness against the White Walkers. And John also requests that Tormund and his people man East Watch by the sea, as Tormund and the other wildlings were present at Hard Omen have seen the Night King, and Tormund agrees to defend the castle. And I love that irony, you know. The the, the special little irony of the wildlings now manning the wall. Yeah. Um, it's I couldn't tell if Tormund was pissed or like honored. I felt like it was kind of both. Like he was like both. I think yeah. he I think he is very well aware of that irony, but he will do anything for John at this point, you know. Um He's like, Guess we're the Night's Watch now. But he kinda like yeah. is saying it to everyone else as kind of like a ha fuck you. You yeah. know. Look uh, at you northerners who yeah. hated us so much. Now, now oh sure, sorry. Uh now, now check are, me out. Yeah, we are um, literally your first line of defense um yeah. at for the war to so, uh, yeah. but uh, John orders all able-bodied men and boys aged ten to sixty in his kingdom to be trained in combat and order to defend against the encroaching threat. And uh, because only half of the population in the North fighting the White Walkers is not enough, uh, he also orders that every woman and girl should also be trained mm-hmm. and equipped as well. And Robert Glover box at that idea. He's like, <laughs> "You, you want me to arm my granddaughter?" And and send her into a battle. I think my line. This one's way stronger than my other one. I love Lady Liana. Oh my god, she's she's just incredible here. Like I just standing up immediately. Just I don't plan on knitting by the fire while men fight for me. You know, I might be small, Lord Glover, and I might be a girl, but I'm every bit as much of a Northerner as you. And he tries to get in. Like, oh, I was not. I'm sorry. I was not questioning. She she cuts him off. Just I don't need your permission to defend the North. You know, and she's like. At, in Bear Island, every every woman or man, woman, boy, and girl will be trained. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Fuck yeah!" I'm like, "I'm like hell, like oh, hell man. yeah!" Like, um, it's just now she's always the one to put everybody in their place. Like, because it, 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 what are you gonna do if the, if the ten year old girl stands up and suns your ass? You go, mm-hmm. "Well, that's it. I have to do what this what she is saying, you know, or else now I'm I am an absolute loser." Um, yeah, in it. It just makes logical sense. As oh, well. it's always right. You know, oh. she's she's very rarely on the wrong side. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. boy, does she fight some wildlings later on. But uh, the uh, the next order of business is the uh, possibility of the walkers getting past the wall. If they do, John notes that the first obstacles they encounter will be the castle of Last Hearth and Carhold, and uh, those seats belonging to the two northern to the two most northern houses that fought alongside the Boltons. Um, and Lord Yon Royce opines that the castles should be demolished for their lord's treachery. Um, but Sansa interjects that the last hearth and Carhold committed no crimes and urges her half-brother to instead strip the umbers 
in the car Starks are these holdings and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as punishment for turning against the Starks. And John, level-headed as he is, humble and as uh, all diplomatic as can be, advocates forgiveness and insists that the children should not be punished for the crimes of their father. And uh, Sansa continues uh, insisting mm-hmm. that uh, John's decision is the wrong one. Yeah. Um, and John insists his decision is final. And mm-hmm. she reluctantly obliges. And this whole scene, like, this was the other part where I was like, yeah, this was John, my other other scene as well i mean if the hound like if the hound was wasn't there this one this one was pretty strong um and like like little finger awesome in the background being like you know like this is like it i, I guess it's, it's all part of the plan yeah um but like you know they they both have good points you know like sansa being like uh so there's no reward for loyalty but and then no punishment for treason um but John also at the same time being like, yeah, look it when he brings out the kids, like, yeah, and then like, it's like, it's like, like oh. these are the fucking children you're talking about. It's made pretty clear, but I think the point he should have made first was the point he made at the end of like, if we're going to fight this, like we all have to be together. There's mm-hmm. no enter fighting or no, like we can't do that. Like there, if we do that, we, we lose already. We're probably already yeah, going to lose. That's it's the like, thing about John right now as well, is that he understands they don't have time to reassign castles to new yeah. houses. He's like, if we don't win, it doesn't fucking matter. You know, like mm-hmm. we can hand this castle to whoever we want. They'll have it for like two years or a yeah. year, you know, like, a. And it, I think it is like the only people in that room that have seen like the army is John and Tormund, because yeah. Davos Davos didn't see it, right? I'm no. trying to no, he's like it's just John and and Tormund. Some of the other wildlings probably did. Um, true, true, true. Um, but I guess like uh, of just the people who who live in the north, so like they know it's a threat. They believe John, but like they. I don't think they understand. They the can't. Full they can't scenario. understand. Yeah, it's. Um, but yeah, John, you know, he summons Ned Umber and Alice Karstark up, both of whom are children who obviously had no no part in their father's betrayal and clearly terrified of what could happen to them. Um, he asked them to reaffirm their loyalty to House Stark. They oblige and kneel before King John, and John says that the mistakes of the past don't matter anymore. And uh, everybody watches the. Everybody has a nice cheer and a smile, and yeah. John John's proud of the kids for standing up in this moment. And it's a it's it's a sweet little it's a sweet little moment, kind of marred by this tension, you know, um, mm. which is addressed in the very next scene. Uh, in private, John chides Sansa for questioning his decision making in front of everybody. Um, he tells Sansa that while she is his sister and she can question his decisions, doing so when it is publicly addressing the Northern Lords undermines him like crazy. And uh, Sansa responds that Joffrey did not tolerate dissent. And John's like, yeah. Really? You want to take it there? Is that what you want to do? Joffrey? And like, I love this is it's Sansa responds with like, no, you're the the farthest thing away. Yeah. Yeah. And he like, that's like the nicest thing you can say. To anyone. like smile, <laughs> like that's the like. Thank you. I love when Kit Harrington smiles because we just don't see that, you know. And like, I feel like we've been seeing it a lot these last two episodes, specifically. 
uh, we get this like shining little ray of hope from him for, mm-hmm. you know, like as much as he doesn't want to be king. He also is the only person who understands what a big threat this is. So like he, he knows that he is the only one who can make happen the things that need to happen. So yeah. like, uh, you were talking about this... how he hates leading, you know, how yeah. he hates it. And, and like, I, I was, I was thinking about that while watching this and Sansa literally is like, you know what? Like you're good at this. Like you're really good mm-hmm. at, at, he's like, at what? And he's like leading. He goes, no, he like, his reaction is like, no, no. Like, don't tell me that. He's like, like God, please like, stop. I hate stop. this shit, bro. I am not I trying to do this. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I, I, I don't know. This this conversation was was pretty cool. And like Sansa, oh, yeah. being like you're you're a great leader. You know, you have all these qualities. But and then he's like, Oh, great. You know, wow, everything yeah, that comes I, lo- I love this. I love this part first. when she's like, yeah. uh, You got to be smarter than than father mm-hmm. and than Rob. Mm-hmm. They were they were great. They were wonderful protectors, but they they made stupid decisions and it got them killed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, both and, headed um, at that. Yeah, they both got their heads chopped off. That is, Rob in a little more gruesome of a fashion. I guess he was yeah. probably already dead. Um, yeah, for sure. But uh, or, I love that we get the classic. Uh, you know, Dad always said that whatever comes before the word "butt" is horse shit. Um, I, I never heard that. So, you know, so it's like I, he never said that to me. He's like, he's like, yeah, he didn't swear in front of you guys. And it reminded me of that point, like in season one, whenever she's telling Tyrion about sheep shift. Mm. Oh, and how, man. And, how uh, and they all kind of giggle at her like, oh, sweetie. Oh. And just thinking about how far she's come in that time and where she's at, you know, like. Oh yeah. I fucking love Sansa, dude. I love Sansa. I love Sophie Turner and it's it, it, definitely a character who it falls victim to be uh in the public eye uh to misogyny. Um mm. yeah. I, I, I can't tell you how many people I know who go Sansa's annoying. Sansa, Sansa, Sansa you know like come on now. Come on mm. now. Um yeah, you're telling know. on yourself. Uh, I don't this see annoying. She's also 14 when she's annoying. Um yeah, I was a stupid little girl. I just remember stupid, um, a stupid like, little you know, girl yeah. with stupid dreams and stupid stuff. Um, no, she's not. But, a, I mean, uh, she's badass now. She's like, no, she's a, awesome. Martin. I fucking love her in these yeah, last like, few seasons, man. Mm-hmm. Back yeah. half of the show, Sansa's been. I mean, like, I, and she's always been a good character. Like, she might have one of the most completely satisfying stories of the entire show. Um, as far as sheltered to end. Life. Yeah. yeah sheltered doesn't know anything about the world and then tortured just for like four fucking all seasons of shit i mean yeah. joffrey sir her time in king's landing was just ass and then she gets ramsey you know and then and then yeah. well, i guess Littlefinger as well sells her off to ramsey and then all of that happens yep. now we're yep. fine now it's finally like a fresh of breath there for her um finally at home you yes. know um yes and, and is are are we at the the scene with her and Littlefinger yet? Or am I jumping? No, we're we're about to be there. But Maester Wolken delivers a message from the newly crowned Queen Cersei mm. Lannister here, right. though she is apparently not opposed to House Stark reclaiming the North from House Bolton. She demands that they submit to her authority. And while mm-hmm. John is preoccupied with preparing to fight the Night King, Sansa warns him to not underestimate Cersei Lannister. And uh, later on. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Later on, Brienne of Tarth and Podrick Payne spar with swords, and Podrick is struggling, you know. Uh, Brienne's rocking his shit and torment. Yeah. Nope. Uh, she's like, yeah, just like, I love the, like, every time she stabs him, or, like, hits him, she's like, you're a lucky nope, man. Not again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right, torment coming over. Oh, man. He doesn't even talk to her. I thought, like, he was going to say a word to her or something, no. but that's it. That is all he's he He's casually said. hitting on her by being like, yeah. God, I wish you'd do that to me. He's like, um, he's too nervous to talk to her, you know? No, that's is- what's hilarious is that I, I also think it's funny that obviously Brienne, her tastes are not Tormund. You know, she's been attracted to Renly and Jamie, And so, you know, she likes a little bit more of a, of a Primpton Preen sort of uh, gentleman uh, as mm-hmm. opposed to the beastly man of Tormund Giant Spain. Um, but we've, we've had these conversations or she's had these conversations in the past where she talks about how she's never felt wanted and nobody thinks she's pretty or anything like that. I would love if there was just one moment where like Brienne turned away from Tormund and was kind of like, you know, yeah. like she was like satisfied with herself because this dude wants her bad, you know, like dude, terribly so. He's apparently fucked a bear. Yeah. Uh, and he <laughs> can't even talk to Brienne. We don't believe you fucked a bear. Yeah. You never fucked a bear, as Egret put it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but, God. uh, God, Miss Egret. But, uh, anywho, uh, all the while, Peter and Sansa are watching, and Peter comments on Brienne saying, She's incredible, isn't she? You know, I heard she beat the hound in single combat. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Sansa dismisses Peter's attempt to get under her skin by stating that, you know, she's safe at Winterfell and has Brienne as her sworn shield. And she retorts that she only wants peace and quiet yeah. and when he prods her uh she looks unhappy oh uh, god i this was my other other line uh you know if it, if it doesn't go to to little lady mormont this way you know at the moment some peace and quiet no need to seize the last word lord baelish i'll assume it was something clever and you could see like little finger be like like he was trying you know he was like yeah oh damn it he's like yeah oh, it was gonna it was yeah. gonna be something clever he got me there um <laughs> But uh, that is what I do, that is my thing, that is my whole uh, bag, and you've got me yeah. down pat at this point. Uh, shame yeah. wheel, like again, astonished by how just minimal Peter's presence is for the last season and some change. Um, obviously, yeah. an important player. Um, but we only have six episodes left with this guy, he dies at the end of season seven. That's um, right, yeah, this weird Arya and Sansa feud. Uh, and then they use it as a one twist. of those. This is yeah, that was one of the like, storylines I was talking about earlier, where it's like you're trying like, to what? lead us one way and then subvert expectations. Yeah, and, like come on, man. I don't know. Like it, you, they had subverting expectations things. is cool if it's not for the sake of subverting expectations. You know, like if that's yeah. if that's your only goal is to be like they'll never see this coming, then it's fucking stupid. You know, like uh kind of out of character for them as well like they did hate each other and they you know they were sisters when everything they're was reuniting fine. for the first time they, in fucking years they've been through shit you know they've been through hell there's no like <laughs> they would come back and be like all right you know what we're grown let's well, pass, and that's what's crazy that. is like what we're it is out of character and it's not actually what's happening mm. everything off screen is them being like, we got his ass, you know, we're going to get yeah. him, you know, like, uh, yeah. yeah. Cause they had to plan that out. They're pulling, they're pulling a fast yeah. one on Peter this entire fucking season. And the mm-hmm. whole time they make it seem like something else. And it's like, I don't know. I like, 
I guess it's, maybe it's, it's a way to hide it and camouflage it. Maybe that's the rationale, but it's definitely just so that we can have a twist um, mm-hmm. at the end and, and kill him. But yeah, uh, and kinda... I will say the twist where we do kill him is extremely satisfying. But it is nice. the storyline getting up to that point is extremely mm-hmm. bothersome. Yeah, I mean, um, imagine how better it would be be if they're like, let's put all this old shit behind us. We're sisters. We're the last yeah, remaining. No, stars. absolutely. Let's you know. Let's go. And, and um, frankly, if Peter's never in the know, that last little bit of like, wait would still be satisfying, you know, like, so regardless, we will get there. Season seven, we got a way to go. Um, but, uh, at least, at least, you know, we'll have a lot of talking points. Um, but, yeah. uh, Brienne having seen what is going on with Sansa and Peter moves over to intervene and Baelish scurries off. And when Brienne asks why Littlefinger is still at Winterfell, Sansa replies that the Knights of the Vale helped to turn the tide in the battle of the bastards. However, Sansa is confident that she knows exactly what Peter wants. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just can keep him in, in the back pocket. Might as well. Uh, he's, he's got some resources. Uh, and very easy manipulated uh, by Sansa. If she wants, you know. The like Sansa only, can person, ask... only person who can successfully manipulate Littlefinger. Mm-hmm. Left. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm okay with it. I'm fully okay with it. Uh, not, a, not a bone in my body that's not okay with that. And... Uh, but yeah, love. Oh, it's a fucking sign, baby. You know what song just shuffled on my movie and TV soundtracks playlist? Shall we begin? Oh, damn. Wow. Isn't that fucking yeah. crazy? There's 2,000 songs on this thing. That's actually incredible. No, wow. but uh, regardless, we're at the wall next. Where? Uh, where beyond it, a column of white walkers riding on dead horses leads a horde of whites through a snowstorm, and their numbers include at least three undead giants. And uh, a lot more else too. Yeah, um, tons of other things. Like that's what's funny is that like I get I I get that it's like whoa they have giants now, um, but also there's like thousands of them. So like how much do like three giants really change shit? Um, it's maybe going through the gate at the wall. Yeah, uh, maybe that is kind of what they're going for. Though, uh, so that doesn't even really matter. They make their own gate. Um, I yeah, guess they just kind of climb over the wall. Like, they just yeah, create that sea of their bodies and just fucking World War Z waves. Type, you know, shot of all the zombies just piling on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, but uh, yeah, you know. that is one of the more fun things about the last couple seasons is that because there's 13 episodes, because it's all so close, everything relates like directly to something we can talk about later on. As you can tell, mm-hmm. so far in this episode, we've been like. Well, here's how this affects the entire fucking season. Uh, so it creates a good conversation. Just a mm-hmm. question of whether or not it's 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 of, of the highest order of quality. But uh, meanwhile, Bran and Mira reach the gate beyond Castle or beneath Castle Black, and they are greeted by the acting Lord Commander Dolores Ed and uh, several armed Black Brothers. And Ed asks if they are wildlings, but Mira introduces herself and Bran. And when Ed asks them to verify their identities, Bran responds by recognizing Ed from the conflicts at the Fist of the First Men and Hardhome, observing mm-hmm. that he has seen the Army of the Dead. And Ed's like, okay, yep, come I, on in. Yeah, um, I guess that means you're not Wildlings. All right. Uh, you know yeah, a that, lot about me. Yeah. Uh, I guess no threat, though. You know, it didn't does, seem that Does were... Bran say something about being Jon Snow's brother? Nope. Not, uh, not in this. Would have been invited right in. 
Yeah. Um, like, oh, uh, your Lord Commander. Yeah, I, I am his. Uh, I'm his brother. Uh, by mm-hmm. the way, uh, you know, um, I don't know. It feels like important information. I guess Brand's just got to be like, I'm the Three Eyed Raven now. I know everything about you. I am all uh, of a sudden quite the robot. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. This is this this was it. You know, we're officially there. Yeah. Um, the end of season left. six, there was still something left. Isaac Hempstead Wright gets to put on, uh, gets to cash a fucking check for nothing the rest of the show. Yep. Um, like uh, Mr. Manhattan, Mr. Man, Dr. Manhattan. Mr. Uh, Manhattan. What a vibe. Um, yeah, I don't know why I went Mr. there. No, yeah, and I don't, I don't mean to dismiss Isaac Hempstead Wright's work in the last couple seasons. It's that he's not given a lot to work with. Yeah. Um, he, he does an excellent job at doing this. But it's mm-hmm. all he gets to do the rest of the show. So Bad. that's like uh that that's that's where the gripe comes in. It's not it's not with his performance of it. It's more that that is what he's performing, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, we're officially there. So I I, I kind of wish I would have treasured Isaac Hempstead Wright's last little glimpses of personality at the end of last season. I wish I would have kind of yep glommed onto those a little harder from um, here on out. No, yeah, this is it. This is it. But. uh we're then heading to King's Landing, where Queen Cersei shows Jamie a giant map of Westeros she's having painted on floor, and uh, Jamie has not spoken since uh, his his return due to his anger with Cersei over the death of their youngest son. Um, and Cersei tells Jamie that Tyrion has returned with Queen Daenerys at the head of an armada, you know, the one you love so much. And I'm glad that this uh, this scene did acknowledge something we had a little bit of a beef with last episode. Um, mm-hmm. I still yeah. don't she, love the rationale. Yeah. He, he he betrayed us, whatever. He wasn't dead yet, though. You know, she already, like, said, like, yeah, he was kind of dead to me before he actually killed himself. So it, it's kind of like a, a little bit of a fix, you know, a little bit of, like, okay, we know what she was thinking. Uh, like, I, you know, that banning trial by combat, all that stuff, like, it really yeah, did. I... But I still don't love it. I still don't love it from the perspective of writing Cersei that way. Like, yeah, that's been the the crux of that character. And 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 I guess they're trying to eliminate any redeeming quality. Like, I think that's what they are doing is they're trying their best to be like, there is nothing good in her left. And that includes being okay with her son dying. And she's yeah. she's not, you know, she does lash out a little bit and go, of course I loved him, of course I miss him, but that's that's it. It's over. What can I fucking do? You and know? obviously uh, it's, it's still affecting her because right when Jamie brings it up, he's like, we haven't talked about Tom. turns you away know? and, wa- you know, like. Oh, grab some wine. Literally, she goes mm-hmm. right to the wine. She's like, I'm already done. I don't even want to really talk about this. Um, so like, it's, it's still, it still gets to her, but it's she's a, it's a really back and forth thing they're doing with it though. So mm-hmm. I, I guess maybe she's trying to justify her actions to an extent, like trying to Blew up the sept, yeah. you know, like that. I mean, she, she set off the equivalent of a nuke, uh, during like this time. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah, she's lost all humanity. I, I, I see where they're going, but man, that one scene before, you know, if, even if Tama does still jump out of the window, if she's if Cersei just talks to him before, it fixes kind of everything. Yeah, um, it does. so it's just the complete lack of thought in that direction. I, and maybe there was thought, but I have I have trouble gleaming the rationale. Um, but regardless, uh, 
you know, the the brother you love so much, Cersei says of Tyrion, uh, you know, uh, the one who murdered our father and our firstborn son. Uh, Jamie thinks that Daenerys will land her forces at the fortress Dragonstone. Um, the Targaryen princess is likely to be drawn back to her birthplace. The castle is unoccupied since Stannis abandoned it, and it has deep water ports for her fleet. And uh, Cersei notes that they have enemies in the south, the west, and the north. The Dorne, the Tyrells, and the Starks, respectively. Mm-hmm. And uh, while Cersei has dreams of ushering in a long dynasty... Jamie tells Cersei, like, what fucking dynasty? Yeah. We're it. What are we gonna do? Like, are we are we having more kids now? Like what what's the what's the plan here? And um, we she goes, I'm the queen of seven of the seven kingdoms. He has three kingdoms at best. Like uh nobody fucking nobody is paying attention to who the uh, who the ruler is right now. Everyone's at war. There's mm-hmm. nothing that is standing. Um and it yeah. is really satisfying to hear like we're still so separated and so far apart where like uh Cersei mentions that Ned Stark's bastard has been dubbed King in the North and stuff and like Cersei's like never mentioned Jon Snow. Yeah. So it's like it's just like And a, now it's a real threat though. I mean yeah. he, he is a real threat. He's he's not just well, at that the wall even fire. He doesn't even fucking care what's going yeah. on south of him. He's like I don't have time. Mm-hmm. We've got a bigger thing going oh, yeah. on. Yeah, Sansa's oh. like, uh, you're, you're so focused with the, you know, the Night King that you don't, you forgot about your enemies to the south. And he's like, they're thousands of miles away. Winter is here. They're not going to march all the way up here. Um, and if you saw the Night King, you would think of little else as well. Uh, yeah. Like, like that, that's the real threat. Um, and, you know, Sansa having, she does still have a good point of like, she, Cersei will stop at nothing until you are exterminated. So like there, there is a point that she is making there, but I think John just knows that it's kind of a null threat compared to, Oh yeah. Like there's nothing, there's nothing they can do until winter is over. And who knows how long that is. Um, but, uh, (laughs) Jamie asks Cersei, you know, about Tom and, and she responds angrily that he betrayed them. But Cersei adds that they're the only living Lannisters left. The only ones who count anyway. And Jamie tells her that they need allies and reports that House Frey has been exterminated. Whoever killed them is no friend of us. That's kind of um, sick. That it's just no one fucking know. House Frey was just gone. And, like, whoever fucking did that, like, holy shit, they better be on our, you know, they're not on our side. Well, that's what, look, I, I wish, I wish we would have gotten a little callback to what Arya said. Like, what do you mean no one uh, knows? She told them to tell them the North remembers, you know, like, a. Yeah, I guess I mean that's a very vague um the north. But like I guess like the north, like, you know it was the Starks, you know, like yeah, or somebody with the yeah, Starks. That's true. Um uh, fair enough. Um Winter came for House Frey. Um, yeah, but, but they were like, Well, John just just got back to Winterfell. Some right, you know, they just right. had that battle, they're like they're kind of like what logically the like, they think nobody's and obviously nobody's thinking of like Arya Stark. She's been dead in the public mm-hmm. eye for like yeah, five fucking years at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, since season but, uh, one. Um, literally after yeah, when she, she, when she disappeared the after Ned's death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're like, ah, well, she's probably dead. Yeah, the um, that's I don't know. I guess I she did say to tell him. Yeah, the North, the North remembers, and winter has come for House Frey. Yeah, uh, that's true. I guess that maybe that girl was just a little. Maybe she just didn't tell anybody. You know, she was just like, well. 
fuck do I do now? You know, like, uh, she has that whole castle to herself, I guess. Yeah, you know? no, like, that was my other thing, is that, like, I don't know, that chick did just watch, I don't know, tens of people die, so maybe she was a little shell-shocked. Um, <laughs> but, uh, regardless, uh, you know, as Jamie points to, you know, they, they'd killed Lancel Lannister, they killed Kevin Lannister because of the Great Sept explosion and everything. Like, there are no Lannisters left. We don't have any allies. We don't have any friends. And Cersei angrily reminds him that she has been listening to their father's counsel for the last 40 years. Do you think she has learned nothing? Um, Enter the fleet. Uh, yep. the, what, the Iron Fleet. Um, yes. yeah. House Greyjoy sailing into King's Landing. And Cersei tells Jamie that she is planning to forge an alliance with uh, the the goth pirate Euron Greyjoy. Uh, yeah, what is Jamie, this costume change, man? Costume, like, I remember saying a couple yeah, episodes right. back, that it was, I remember saying, like, the change is egregious, but the costume itself isn't bad. I want to take that back. The costume is also mm. not very good. Um, yeah. I and it's just in a show where they knock every fucking costume out of the goddamn park, this was astonishingly bad. Yeah. Look at Cersei. Look at Jamie. Look at Daenerys. Look yeah, at Daenerys later in this. Scale. Holy shit. Oh. One of my favorite costumes in the entire yes. show. Like, yes. it was badass. Um, but yeah, yeah in this... an, an episode, like specifically the, like we get introduced to the new armor for the, the King's guard with mm. the black and the, like yeah. all that, like yeah. in, a, in a specific episode with so much cool shit going on costume wise, this is what Euron's rocking. I don't this know. Is a pirate, know. you know, supposed to be what a pirate is supposed to look, you know, like a, a the, the, the King. Or the, the, this is the king of the Iron Islands, you know? I don't know, bro. Like, it's just, uh, it's yeah. really, it's really pathetic. But, uh, you know, Jamie criticizes her decision here and points out that the Greyjoys are oath breakers and bitter killers. And in the throne room, Queen Cersei and Jamie host Euron um, and seeking revenge against Yara and Theon uh, for running away with part of the fleet. Euron proposes that they join forces to murder their enemies, uh, including Tyrion. And uh, when Jamie questions Euron's legitimacy and trustworthiness, Euron talks about the Greyjoy Rebellion. Praises Jamie. You know, what you did out there, it was beautiful, like a dance. And Jamie's like, I was cutting down your family. And he's like, and it was beautiful. I would have done more. Um, Let's ally with this guy. Yeah. Uh, this guy sounds very level-headed, very great ally to have in the back book uh, or back pocket. Yeah, just uh, an absolute... And he's lost it. I mean, Cersei. Cersei's kind of lost it, but this is kind of a different Oh, Euron's level. been off the deep end forever. Uh, yeah. At least yeah. with Cersei, it's like a fresh lost it. She's 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 recently mm -hmm. lost it. Euron's not... Uh, he's, he's hardly human anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I, I love that, you know, he, he says he, he, want, he went into exile because the Greyjoy Rebellion and has returned a feared and experienced pirate captain and boasts that the Iron Fleet is the greatest fleet the Westeros has ever seen, and the Lannisters desperately need a fleet due to the fact that he burned theirs. Um, and he's like, so here's the deal. Marry me, and we'll be all good. Um, and uh, Cersei declines due to Euron's history of oath-breaking uh, and his role in murdering his brother, Balon Greyjoy, and he goes, ah, you should try that. You should try murdering your brother. It's fun. Yeah. It's good stuff. Um, and Jamie's kind of like, you know, you're talking about Tyrion, right? Like, uh, you know, neither face nor disappointed. Euron promises that when he returns to King's Landing, he will deliver his finest gift, 
with two hands. Um, and Cersei, uh, Jamie has no questions who he's been talking shit about after that. Um, yeah, like, well, he says, like, uh, you know, in order to impress a woman, you need to give her a priceless gift. I will not return to King's Landing until I have it. So there was the, you know, I, like, I'll, I can fuck, you know, whatever. But then there was also the, the, like, what is he going for? What is the priceless gift? Uh, is it, is it just him? Oh, or well, is the two good hands thing is a, is a knock at Jamie. Oh, okay. That, okay. That's fair. Yeah. Um, okay. I was, the, okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you recall, um, yeah, what I was trying to think of what, like he, it's sand snakes, uh, the, the, oh. the women who killed his, her daughter. Um, oh, okay. Wow. Cause I, cause I know uh, the only thing I remember about Euron is like this confrontation he has with Yara and, and, uh, Theon on like a ship. Um, and I'm pretty sure Theon just like jumps overboard, right? Yes. That's like, the same. Just, that's the same interaction. Actually, uh, I'm pretty sure he might bring Yara with the Sand Snakes to King's Landing. I can't remember. Um, oh, wow. Because they're with Daenerys right now on the way over to Dragonstone. I guess Dragonstone is on the way to Dorne, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, uh, they could be going to pull. They could right. be going to pick them up or on their way back from having picked them up. And that's when that happens. But uh, do they encounter Daenerys's fleet like they're like, do they fight like do they have a match? Yeah, it is a battle at sea. Okay. That is what okay. that is where that happens. Um, yeah. OK, yeah. Because Dragonstone. Where is Dragonstone? Isn't it on uh, west, like the south Oh, or southeast? Heck is it? Search towns, Dragonstone, like the southeast of Westeros, kind of, or like middle. Yeah, that's what I thought. I, I see Dorne very clearly, but I thought it's like, hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like it's it. not far from King's Landing, which is one of the things that's uh, kind of interesting. Like it's just south and east of King's Landing, if I recall correctly. Um, there's High Garden. There's King's Landing. Maybe I'm just very blind right now, but I was just trying to see if I was right about like it being on the way to Dorne. Um, oh, okay. You have to exit Black Blackwater Bay. Uh, you have to go north a little bit and uh, east, and then you hit Dragonstone. It's like on the way when you start to go south towards Dorne. You like you pass Dragonstone. It's kind of okay. like a um, on the way out of Black Blackwater Bay. I mean, that's a tongue twister for me for some reason, but yeah, I guess it does make sense. Yeah, he would encounter yeah. them for sure. So, but uh, yeah, that concludes the story in King's Landing, and then we head to Old Town, where at the Citadel, Samuel uh, Tarly is assigned menial work, and we uh, we we encounter the poop loop. Um, mm, let me take a sip of my coffee real quick while yes, I think about yeah, this. Yeah, wow, what a scene. Loop. Um, no, I I for I, I hadn't forgotten this scene. It's one that will stick with me until my dying day. Um, oh man! But I forgot it was how we like kicked off season seven. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I mean, you get the Walter Frey, you know, opening, and then it's like, bam, we're in old town. Um, clean and shit. um ah, yeah. Oh uh, no, it's it's horrendous. Yeah, you know, he's serving Maester's meals, emptying the chamber pots, shelving books, and while browsing through the library one day, he stares at a book behind a locked gate and uh, in in the restricted section and. 
later on, Samwell helps Mar- Archmaster Ebros uh, to dissect a corpse. Um, another wonderfully Boom. subtle scene. Um, just all out. Just getting I handed get... organs and setting them on scales. And, yeah. <laughs> weigh know, that uh, for me, please. Thank you. Be a doll. Uh, be a doll and weigh this liver. I love how it's like the liver's fucked, too. Yeah. Like, it's like people at this time, that's all they do is drink. So it's yeah. like he's like this. I don't know. He says something about their livers or like uh, something about how it's like a cur- I don't know. Uh, disease. I-, I don't know. Something like that. Um, but. Yeah, so pretty gruesome. Uh, but I, this conversation they had, though, was actually, like, this conversation was pretty cool. Um, just uh, Sam being, like, like I, I, I've i tried to talk to everybody. You know, like, no one believes me at all um, of this threat. I've seen them, dude. He's like, I have, I've seen them. It's it's all I can think about. And and I love the, the like, kind of back and forth this Arch or Archmaester kind of has with him in saying, like, well, you know, it, it's our job to to doubt everything, you know, sort of thing. And but but seeing how passionate you are, I, I kind of believe you. Um, and and you know, it seems that he's kind of on his side. You know, he's kind of like, okay, yeah, I'll let you in the restricted section. But he's like, all right, uh, now that we're done with that, uh, we're safe. The wall, you know, it's been there forever. It's never gone down. Every winter has ended. Clean this up for me, boy. You know, it's like it's like I was like I was really expecting him to kind of like uh, give Sam some leeway, but. Yeah, I gave Never him. Do. Yeah, gave him. Uh, I guess a somewhat of a better answer than everyone else has been giving him. Um, yeah, but... no, that's something we come to find with the Citadel is that they're extremely dogmatic and uh, they their only focus is on the books, you know, and yeah, on the, in the Citadel. They don't experience anything. They he he says to... it, you know, like they're the living history, so that that's what they focus on is history. Mm-hmm. They don't focus on what could come as a result of the things happening now they yeah. care about chronicling the things that are happening now so yeah. that people in the future will know what happened then you know um mm-hmm. that was i don't know kind of a cool line of being like without us everyone else would basically be dogs you know remembering the last meal they ate and just going on to the next one or i forgot the exact verbiage uh but like only remembering the last meal they ate um and only wanting to get to the next or some something along those lines um but i don't know i i, I always kind of love the like maester you know the citadel kind of storyline i I, th- I always think it is kind of cool like just a like this is the i guess the closest thing to college that they have you know like if if there is like a, a university or something yeah it's like a course. mix of um, like a uh, priesthood and college yeah. and uh mm-hmm. Just medical school, uh, mm-hmm. law school, yeah. every every type of school rolled into one. Yeah, it's like recorded history. Like when we started to write stuff down uh, is, is kind of like a really big turning point in history. And like mm. I always think of like, I don't know, age, like the library of Alexandria that burnt, you know, of like just mm-hmm. gone, all of that knowledge gone. And I, I imagine like the Citadel going up in flames and how like detrimental that would like kind of. I guess it wouldn't like cause the world to go into chaos, but like, um, I don't know. It just it would be a sad sight. I guess you know it'd be like damn. Oh, I mean, you'd like, lose a lot of untold amounts of history. So much, you know? Yeah, and like very useful information. Like Sam, he he does like learn of the Dragonstone. You know, uh, Dragonglass Mount. It's built. I'm you know, glad. Over, I'm so. glad this was a much quicker turnaround than I remembered. I don't know if you'll remember whenever Stannis did say this. Uh, earlier on in the show and i was like 
I talked shit. I was like, like, did they just forget? Like, no, Sam actually quite literally acknowledges it in the exact same episode in which John calls for dragon glass, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Very, very quick. And like, now that he sees it, he's like, Oh, this is like the most important bit of information that we could possibly have right now. John needs to know this. And I was, yeah, it's, it was, it was nice to see it very, very quick, but yeah, what, I don't know. It, it did. It would seem that uh, if you heard that before, you'd probably. I don't know. Uh, yeah. It, I it, mean, it, like even <laughs> even so. Um, yes, you're only thinking to tell John now. Probably that's probably something you communicate pretty quickly. Um, you know, yeah, like oh, yeah. if we ever need dragon glass, Dragonstone's built on a mountain of the stuff. You know. Um, yeah, maybe he didn't believe Stan. I don't know. Like, uh, maybe it's just like, this is like... I mean, because the way he says or... it, he's like, Stan has told me, but I never thought. Yeah. What, what do you mean you never thought? What, what What are you talking about, Sam? Uh, but regardless, uh, you know, uh, the book reveals that Stannis was understating the situation, actually. There is a veritable mountain of obsidian just outside the castle, mm-hmm. and Sam excitedly prepares a letter to Jon Snow relating the discovery. Um, and I also love that they don't spend any time acknowledging how Gilly is just there. Yeah. Yeah, just, it's kind of sad, honestly. Like, she's, I don't know. I mean, she, she seems that she's okay, and, like... Well, she's doing about all she can, but that's my, I mean, like, that's what I, that's what I mean. Like, how'd she even, how's she even here at all? Like, that's not something yeah, that the Citadel allows. Where are they? They're in the Citadel. He stays at the Citadel. So maybe just in the library they're not allowed, but maybe there's living quarters. Because, wait, they're not supposed to have wives. No. Yeah, they're not supposed to have kids. That's why I think it's hilarious that they were like, well, you know, like he says something earlier in the show about how, like, I don't have an Eamon and I don't have a John and all this. And it, it actually doesn't fucking matter because the writers get to do what they want. They get to be like, well, actually, she's, she's just there. Um, yeah, that is. I didn't think about that. Wow. I just. I just kind of thought that this was outside of the Citadel, I guess. I don't know. Um, this is this is the Citadel. So, like, because I don't think, uh, I mean, I, I assume he's allowed to leave, but I don't think it's like he he commutes he every day, you know. There. I feel yeah, like he they, wakes up, does his yeah. job, goes to bed, you know. Um, hmm. But uh, regardless, uh, and, th- and that's not a real critique of, of this by any means. I don't mind that that's just kind of fallen by the wayside. I do think it is, again, indicative of something the show is a little bit more guilty of in these last two seasons, which is things just kind of happening. They're just mm-hmm. they They just are um, instead of where we've had six seasons of. Here's yeah. how we got here, and this is this yeah. is a struggle we'll have to face, and this is also one of those examples where. Sam was aware that this was a struggle he was going to have to face. And it's yeah. actually not a struggle at all. So it's 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 an interesting little where those extra of, couple episodes in the season yeah. would have really helped. Um, exactly. But they uh, needed to hit the big points, and they were hoping you were distracted by everything else going on. And uh, frankly, so. this is the first time I've ever thought of that. Yeah, so, and it's it because well. we're taking the time to talk about it week by week, one at a time. That I'm even capable of igno- like clocking that really. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the next day. While gathering empty bowls from the cells of the Citadel Sanitarium, Samwell is confronted by a shadowy figure whose arm is almost completely covered in grayscale. Mm. And he asks if the Dragon Queen has arrived yet. And Samwell sputters that he does not know, and the figure withdraws his arm. 
like, I don't know, man. I, I'm just really scared. I don't know what the fuck's going on with you. Like, I mean, that Big was swing by Jorah here also. Um, yeah, could have just, I don't know, been like, hey, you know, like he didn't have to grab, I don't know, grab the bull so fucking hard. You know, maybe the gray sails getting to him a little bit. I'm not yeah, sure. Maybe, maybe. Uh, he's turning a little bit already, but um, very passionate. No, I just thought that was. Uh, it's it's to let you know this is Jorah. You know, like yeah. he's got an entire. Lucky that Sam armor. had uh, some gloves on, though. Yeah, no shit. Uh, if not, yeah, I don't. I don't know how fast it transfers over, but it seems that one touch, that's it. Um, sort of thing. Oh so, yeah, no, that's it. That is uh, that is all it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, yeah, then we're then we're in Dragonstone to top off the episode where Daenerys, along with her closest advisors, Tyrion, Varys, Masande, and Grey Worm, land at Dragonstone, and as all three of her dragons circle overhead. This there was something that this episode really got about the dragons that I don't feel like we've gotten a lot of. These things are fucking fast. I loved loved the shot of them zooming the fuck in. Um mm-hmm. that like I, I was like, I don't think we've really acknowledged how fucking fast these guys are. Um and it's something yeah. the House of the Dragon does really effectively, but uh, I just don't think they've been in a setting where they've been able to do that yet. And uh, But after landing, Daenerys kneels on the ground and touches the Westerosi land for the first time since birth, and she and her entourage then climb the steps to Dragonstone Castle. And accompanied by Grey Worm and the other Unsullied, they silently enter the unguarded main gates and deserted courtyard. When they enter the castle itself, Daenerys briefly studies the fiery stag on one of Stannis' banners and after a moment rips it down with a firm tug. And uh, I liked the nonchalance of that moment, Mm. but after like two episodes ago when we got like a really, really triumphant banner tearing down, I was a little underwhelmed by this. I was like, and, and, and literally the camera and editing during it was underwhelming like she just tugs it and then they like don't show it falling they just cut to it landing on the ground and i'm like yeah and and no words spoken at all until she says shall we begin like literally and i'm it's okay um i actually don't mind that part i don't mind that i wanted i don't know i i felt like i i like the idea that they're like all right let her let her go. You know, they're not with her. They're kind of letting her go at her own pace. I like it. Um, felt like there would be more emotion a little bit. And I guess she, she did say that like letting Dario go, she felt nothing at all. You know, so maybe, maybe that that's a little bit, but like it felt like it was just kind of like, I don't know. There's actually like, I, I, something here that I can't recall if she actually says this, but there's an element to this where I think it's impossible for this place to live up to what she thought in her head. Oh, she has no actual memory of it. She has no actual connection to Dragonstone. She was born here. She just knows that she she expected. Yeah. I think she expected to feel home and she doesn't. I think it's just like, like it's, it's completely empty, barren. The like, you know, candle little things are knocked over. It's like, she thinks it's like, I'm assuming she thinks it's like, oh, I'm finally here, but like, I think the reason there isn't much emotion is because she, again, you're, she doesn't feel much of anything in this mm. moment. It is kind of like, oh, I actually don't have a tie to this place in mm-hmm. the way that I thought I would. Um, but, uh, yeah, Daenerys empties the, enti- enters the empty throne room and gazes upon the throne of the Targaryens hewn from volcanic rock. 
And when Grey Worm moves to stand beside her, Masande holds him back, waiting for the queen. And after a moment, Daenerys strides right past the throne and enters the chamber of the painted table, a room we have mm-hmm. come quite familiar with um, mm-hmm. um, due to, you know, Stannis earlier, but then specifically House of the Dragon. I feel like seeing a Targaryen in this place really emphasized just how much this is. I'm like, Rhaenyra gave birth in this room and uh, this place is where the, you know, like there's just all sorts of interesting connections oh, yeah. there, but uh, we got one Targaryen for sure. Maybe a second one in that room as well. I don't huh. know. The, the imagery was very like him looking at the dragon. You know, he's obviously interested in it, but like he, it mirror like he's facing the same way as the dragon and everything. I don't know. Like I love thinking that Tyrion is somehow a secret Targaryen in there. Somehow, Rhaegar just, you know, he got around. Uh, he, Lyanna and uh, whoever, I don't know the their mother's name, sadly, the Lannister uh, mother. But, uh, I don't either. But yeah, I don't know. He, he just had to, uh, you know, spread his, uh, spread his babies out. He, uh, and he didn't have much time to do it, you know, but that was his, he, he knew his dream, or I don't know. He was he like, every that. major stronghold, Casterly Rock, Winterfell, Dorne. I mean, he did go around conquering all of this shit, and he's he's a romantic man. He uh, he didn't conquer anything. Um, oh wait a minute. Oh, Ray, oh, Rhaegar is just oh yeah, that's that's Aegon that conquered everything. Rhaegar oh, was oh yeah. that's right. Okay, fair enough. Uh, he did. Still, have, did though, he have I'm his assuming own he was well traveled. No, no, he did not um, have his own dragon. Uh, because no, Aegon yeah, no came dragon. over. Yeah, that at this point there are none. Okay, wow. Yeah, for I was for some reason I'm thinking this is Aegon, but then that that timeline does not work at all. Um, so yeah, okay. Yeah, no, uh, it, it is funny that Rhaegar has such a massive impact on this uh, on this story when he was just kind of a guy, you know, like he was just a, he was heir to the Iron just Throne because and it was he chose Lyanna, and yeah. you know, like that's it. Uh, just that a was prince a big deal. that was that deal. uh loved i guess the wrong person you know yep. um yep yes indeed yes indeed but uh surveying the discarded markers from stannis's last use of the table uh daenerys turns to Tyrion and remarks shall we begin mm. uh, yeah pretty hard pretty hard i yeah i i, I, I did i it made the line hit harder that they didn't speak at all you know and in, in the the cut right there her you know the music kind of playing it yeah, it they, worked. They, they knew what they were cooking. They knew what they were doing there. Um, but I, uh, I, I can't. I can't. In an overall underwhelming episode, getting to the moment of the episode that you feel is going to be the most triumphant, and it also falling a little flat is not the most satisfying. Um, Which Daenerys put her as the cold opening. Shall we begin? Let's get into season seven. Have yeah. Arya killing Walder Frey and the rest of the house. Well, I guess Jamie and Cersei mentioned it, so it wouldn't really work there. But like, I don't know. Something else at the end. I, I feel like this could have been the cold opening. Um, her. Yeah, I mean, shit. This is the cold opening, and the first scene after the theme song is fucking Arya slaughtering the. You know. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. yeah. I guess I don't know what they would have ended it with. You know, what would be the cliffhanger? Um. Nothing else yeah. really works, I guess, that happens in this episode. I guess they would have had to pull maybe something else. But 
not much. I guess of it a... is a premiere, so it does kind of have to end with yeah. an oomph. But yeah, I was I was gonna say like not every episode has to end with a cliffhanger, but the first episode kind of does have to give you give you a last little moment that's like okay, yeah, let's fucking get it then. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. To be sure, but uh, we yeah, are... regardless. I I still enjoyed the episode a great deal. I did I did uh I did have a good time watching it. Um I just think that it wasn't of the utmost quality in comparison to some of our mm-hmm. most uh last several weeks. Um I, I I think this is worse than any episode in season six. And I think that uh I don't think that's even a difficult proclamation to make. Um mm. Yeah. Yeah, the only, I mean, you're right about the only, like, really good scene to come out of this is is with the Hound. Um, and, and it feels like there was a time, as recently as last season, where every part of the episode was the, to the degree that the Hound was at. So, like, it's, it feels, it, because it, it's funny, because that scene was so good, it emphasizes how underwhelming the rest of the episode is if that scene hadn't been quite as good maybe i'd have been like yeah it was fine it was solid mm-hmm. you know like uh all all through you know it's not anything great but at least yeah. it's like kind of but the there same is one part that is specifically yeah, great like, and it it really yeah, emphasizes <laughs> how not great the rest of it is um yeah yeah he uh i don't know i don't know D D. um I, I don't want to go into the season thinking it's already going to be, you know. There are some highlights. There are some high highs, but man. There and are. I think yeah. that this uh, this episode might be a good microcosm of what the rest of the show is going to be. There's some mm-hmm. really, really glaringly wonderful moments. There are some great parts that are done extremely well. But on the whole, it's 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 underwhelming. And I I don't think that's the worst thing a show can be. I think, like, you know, like, that's, that's okay. Yeah. Um, it's still... A, like I said, still enjoyed the shit out of this episode. Um, I, mm-hmm. I say we're, I enjoyed the shit out of this episode, but again, probably less than most of last season, probably around an eight. It is just kind of there. No, like as far as premieres go, um, last season we gave an eight, seven, five. We're not there. No. Uh, the season five premiere an eight, five. Um, that was the wars to come. Uh, let's see. Ah, does Mace? Is that when Mance or Mace Mance Raider? Yeah, he gets, gets he gets an arrow through the heart there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, the freedom to make my own mistakes is all I've ever wanted. So, I mean, that was not even that bad of a of a premiere. We gave that one an eight five. Um. And when you go back, it they get a little little bit better. But yeah, I think. I mean, I, I was around an eight. Um, yeah. I think that that is where we are. I think seven something seems a little too low. I was still, I was still low. having a good time. I still enjoy the episode um, a great deal. I, I, and, I like it even. It's just, yeah. uh, and even the Ed Sharon thing, it's like, it's whatever that they made him act. But like seeing him was, was kind of cool. Just seeing, you know, seeing someone else just kind of come in for this little itty bitty role, uh, that, you know, you just can tell that they, they really love the show. They wanted to be in it. Um, and, and they got their way. Uh, and, and, the, the 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 scenes in the north I think were actually okay. Uh they they were done done pretty well. Uh it's just it it felt very very um nothing Damn. nothing happened, you know. I don't know. Like there's 
Arya killing the Frey house is honestly the the biggest thing that happened. Everything oh, else that's is just cool. like, like it's super cool and it's yeah, super exciting yeah, and that's it, fun stuff. Um, every but other it, location it, is just what are we going to do now? You know, it's like we're telling you what we're going to do for the rest of the season instead of just kind of getting on with some of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I guess John at the north, it is a lot of planning that needs to take place. It makes, I guess, it makes sense there. It makes sense on the all. They need to, you know, these are very big things. They need a plan. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Um, writing, yeah, no. like, I mean, if if we out. give it an eight, if we give it an eight, and I'm I'm comfortable there. I don't think it it should go any higher. Uh, makes it bottom three, ever. And honestly, yeah. What's we've what never given is, anything oh, an eight. Wow. Yeah. The. The only other one, I, I'm pretty sure the ja- like when Jamie and uh, has that moment in the sept with uh, you know their dead daughter right there. Uh, I think that episode did we we dang we ding that one down a little bit, I believe. But we dinged it, that down critically, but it actually didn't do too uh, terribly. Okay. Um, yeah, that got an eight two five even. Wow. Yeah, we gave Lord Snow episode three, season one, episode three, a seven. And uh, frankly, that's probably minute. just because we were coming into it and trying to be critical um mm-hmm. episode four garden of bones we gave an eight um okay yeah, first of his name we gave an eight season four episode five um wow yeah i mean it's i mean it it felt like a bottom of the barrel episode for this show um and i i you know i i, I hope this is the lowest that we go this season um, but I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, that um, ties it for bottom three there. Um, do you think it does, you know, is it lower than an eight? I'm like, no, you know, uh, the lat. I mean, like, where my gut took me for enjoyment and critical is the same thing we gave season four, episode five. Yeah, I mean, critically, it's not. It's worse than I'm enjoying it. Um, oh yeah, no, like this is below an eight. There's um, one strong I, like, scene. I would, I would go max seven actually in terms yeah. of critical appeal here, and that's, I think that would be friendly. I, I think we're looking at a six, seven, five. Wow, this is I've the first seen... episode of the show where I would hesitate to call it good. Yeah. And, and I think seven is the threshold. There. Good begins at seven. You yeah. know that that's kind of where it begins. Um, IMDb, I guess people love it. Eight point five. I guess for Thrones, that's kind of low. I guess for Thrones. Yeah. Uh, but, well, and it's also you got to keep in mind that a lot of IMDb ratings are given as soon as the episode comes out. Um, yeah, and people very much more enjoyable right off the watch instead and then they have sit down and think about it for a while and then it's like ah well maybe Mm. maybe actually not quite um well enjoyment wise i mean like it it, it, it's not too far off from there like it's a it's a good episode i have a good time or it's 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 an enjoyable episode i should say for the most part um i do think that critically it shows glimpses of negative trends um Mm -hmm. if we do go six seven five um, it is a 7.17, it's so like a 72%, which is that the lowest? 73, 74, 
73. Yeah, no, that, would make it the... that is the lowest, 76, even with Lord Snow. Uh, yeah, and I, I think I, I kind of do stand by that. Um, even at the beginning of the show, when they were figuring out what they were doing, they were still doing a better job. They had source mm-hmm. material to go off of as well. Um, here they do not. Uh, they, they're a whole season off of fresh ma- or source material. And I don't know, I guess, how closely was George still working with them uh, at this point? Not. Um, at all? Yeah, okay. Because, no. um, uh. like, in season six, I remember reading some stuff as, like, they were trying to pry out as much information as they possibly can out of this man. Um, yeah, but no, still I'm pretty sure he lot. gives them, at this point, he gives them major beats. The biggest fucking shit that happens. And beyond that, good luck. Um, and that's why there's seven episodes in this season and six in the other. They couldn't come up with the rest of the shit. Oh, it's it's like, uh, I, I, they're good at adapting. They, they couldn't, and they also didn't fucking want to. That was like a big part of the last the last season being six episodes specifically, is that every shoot for Game of Thrones is incredibly demanding. It's It's so much work. It's so much travel. It's so much stuff. And doing this for ten fucking years, like That's true. it's a lot. Well, I you know, some of the actors were a little. Oh know. yeah, a lot of the actors were getting weary of it, man. And yeah. maybe it's 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 a lot easier to get weary of something that is clearly losing quality, though. Yeah, I mean, if if they had a, a script where everyone was like, "Holy shit!" You know, like you see the script readings, and the actors are like, "What the fuck?" They're like, yeah. especially like the 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 finale. Oh, uh, whenever they're like reading that, they're like, "What the?" F-? They're like, "What?" They're like, "What is?" They're like, "This is this." Su-. They're immediately like, "This sucks!" Like, they're yeah. like, "What the fuck is this?" And yeah, I bet I bet if they were handed a, a script where they were like, "Oh my god, this is gonna blow people's fucking minds," that they would be like, "Yeah, we're in. We're gonna end the show with a fucking bang." Uh, yeah, not a, not not quite what we got, but no, not not the worst. I I honestly expected a worse start. Uh, not gonna lie. Uh, but and and it's critically not not there. I guess funny enjoyed, enough, I expected it to be worst. Um, funny enough, I actually don't think, to my recollection, I think season eight's premiere is better than this. Um, I, as far as I remember, okay, it's Danny and John arriving in Winterfell. in Winterfell. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. What, is um, there a- and, you know, that's just, just what I remember, you know. Um, I would have told you I remembered this one pretty well as well, though, um, given Arya slaughtering House Frey and Daenerys arriving back home and mm-hmm. um, and, and that stuff. I would have been like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a great episode. And, you know, I'm, I'm left a little underwhelmed. Um, yeah, let's see. Oh, Jon rides Rhaegal uh, in the premiere yes. Yes. Of, of season eight. Uh, Jamie arrives at Winterfell as well, and they have that awkward ass yeah. stare with Bran. Euron urges the queen to bed with him. Um, Braun is yeah, given no, like act. that's why I'm like it's. Oh, we'll see. I don't remember that. Uh, Braun is given the task of assassinating Jamie and Tyrion on the queen's yeah. behalf. Um, I I did not remember that. He doesn't uh, do it. Um. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I, I, I mean, obviously, uh, Jamie does. Die obviously, he doesn't do that. it. But like, yeah, uh, yeah. But I'm like, wow, what? Like, I'm like, does he get close? Does he like think about it? And he they, sits like, down and talks with them, and then doesn't do it. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, that a lot 
a lot cooler shit happens in that premiere. Yeah, no, I mean, like, you... Um, like, I won't be surprised if I enjoy that one more. I will not be surprised if it's actually not that good. Um, yeah. But regardless, I, I think that on the whole, I expect this will be the weakest episode of the season. And I, I will be surprised if that's not the case. Um, God. Hopefully. Um, I am, I am hoping so. I'm, I'm going in with, with just kind of neutral, neutral expectations. Nothing good, nothing bad. Um, just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see how I think at the end of this. Hmm. Um, and is this, yeah, this is Dragonstone. Yeah, 8.5 for this one, 8.8 for the next, 9.1, 9.7, 8.7, 9, um, and a 9.4 for the end. So, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, the, the people are loving them right off, right off the episode for sure. So it looks like the season does, does seem to, uh, to go up, up in critical value if IMDb is to be trusted. Um, mm. Which, not always, but, yeah. Not the start I was hoping for, but not the worst one either. Uh, definitely the worst of the show so far. Uh, but as far as, you know, other television goes, uh, it's still not, not that bad. Like, you compare this to, I don't know, a Stranger Things. Like this is still a pretty strong episode, I'd yeah, say. It's, it's pretty one episode of of a of you know a show like that, which is Stranger Things. It's amazing. I love Stranger Things. Um, but yeah, seventy two. Uh, that's that's we did hit the new low, uh, which is kind of crazy. Um, yeah, no, I mean it's it's whatever, you know. I do think the rest of the season will go a lot better. Um, I remember a lot of stuff from season seven extremely fondly, um, and. Mm. I, I I think that this was just a, I, it's just exceptionally weak. I think that's that's just the case. In fact, I, off the top of my head, I think we will only have one episode of this show left that I will actually think is worse, and that's season eight, episode four. That episode is just not very good. That's the episode that accelerates everything in the final season mm. and changes our entire perception of what the show is yeah. going to end like. Um. Yeah. Man, that stinks. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what happens there, but uh, yeah, like, no, like I'm terrible at that. But I'm it's barely, after I'm, the long like, night. I'm, that's I'm confident. I I truly mm-hmm. don't think. I think we will have one more episode that gets close to this, um, hmm. which is a good sign uh, overall. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, because at the very least, I know we have so many extremely enjoyable episodes to come. Like Mm -hmm. this one was just kind of, it was a premiere. We're easing back in, you know, we've, like you said, we've rarely given premieres higher than a nine, you know, like half the premieres have been eight something. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh yeah. Eight, seven, five, eight, five, nine, two, five for season four, but season four was kind of peak. Season four is different. Yeah. Eight, seven, five, a nine for season two an eight five for the first yeah only two yeah, i mean have gotten a nine or above that's um, why i'm like i i think that you know it is a premiere so i do have i do have hopes um and i think that most people will find like everyone always expects premieres to be the best and everyone is always astonished whenever it's not great but like that's because it's a fucking premiere um you know um it, it can make an impact but it might it, it has a lot to set up and 
uh, I, I, I'm holding out hope. I'm, I, you said you're going with neutral. I'm going with high hopes. I'm going, I'm, you know, I'm going positive. Let's do this thing. Uh, I'm ready for the last couple seasons of Thrones here. Um, and we'll see how that goes for me. But, uh, yeah, with that, I think we will conclude this episode of Winter is Blooming. If you would head to patreon.com slash penny bloom pod for $3 a month, you can support this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me money and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Remember to leave a five star rate and review wherever it is you might be listening and to continue downloading. We will be continuing our comic book movie journey through film this week. And last week brought us the likes of the Avengers and the Amazing Spider-Man, if I recall correctly. And this week will bring us a couple more. And I'm excited mm-hmm. about that. Um, Iron Man 3 and The Dark Knight Rises. Um, okay. Next, okay. So. A couple of thirds. A couple yeah. of thirds yeah. and trilogies. We're completing, the, um, we're completing two trilogies here. There we um, go. So that's cool. And overall, a pretty good week. I might have a, I might have a piping hot take about which movie I prefer there. Um, I think it's actually pretty clear. Um, I don't really like The Dark Knight Rises all that much. Okay, cool. Uh, if that's cool. where you're going, uh, if you're saying yes. Iron Man 3 is better. Um, yeah, Iron Man I 3 love, is a lot better than The Dark Knight Rises. I love all the or I, I like it a yeah. lot more. Yeah. Revisiting it, maybe I don't feel like it's a lot better, but I, I do know for a fact that I like Iron Man 3 more than The Dark Knight Rises. So I'll spoil that for everybody. Um, yeah. But uh, I have not revisited the films yet. We're we're about to this week. So go the ahead. Darkness. I mean, I have is pretty <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> Hey, we do get Littlefinger. Littlefinger is in there in that plane. He's the one who interrogates. Yes, he is. Aiden Gillen is in there. Um, There you go. We got a little connection there. Um, Any in Game of Thrones or any in Iron Man three? I don't. I don't believe so. so. Um, Not off the top of my head. Mm -mm. Not that I can remember. I don't believe so. It's I wish like Ben Kingsley had been in Game of Thrones at some point. I feel like he would have fit this show like a glove, but uh True. I would yeah. Regardless. Um Yeah. But yeah. That's what we got co- that's what we got cooking this week, and I'm very excited about that. Um but yeah, with that, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And leave one wolf alive, and the sheep are never safe.